Thanks, Stephen. Thank you, team. Well, morning, church. How are you? Hey, it's good to see you guys. Glad that you're here today. I'm glad that we get to continue to worship as we look into the Word. Grab your Bibles, if you will. Uh, let's go to Proverbs chapter 12 is where we'll kick off in just a second. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 uh, is where we're going to be. Welcome. Uh, if you are new to us here at Double Oak, uh, these past few weeks this summer, we've been delving into the book of Proverbs. It's an incredibly unique biblical book, and it's a little bit different than what you're going to read in a, in a Matthew or a, um, a Philippians and some of the other books of the Bible. It is a book of wisdom. Uh, and if you've been tracking with us, you know that we've spent three weeks now kind of just figuring out the book as a whole, kind of looking at the book in its totality of how do we get our hands around this? Uh, how do we understand it? And we've learned that Proverbs is a book of wisdom. And wisdom is something that we all desperately need. Because as much as we might want it sometimes, there's just not going to be a rule for everything. You can scour scripture, but you're not going to find a rule that's going to explain every single encounter you're going to have in life. We're going to go through thousands of different situations that don't have an easy verse attached to it. You may say, Adam, well, I know this verse, and I know that verse, and I know this uh, biblical concept and that one, but how does that apply to this 21st century problem? to this new technology, to this very particular situation in my family where I'm, I'm talking to this person. How do I have this hard conversation? How am I supposed to handle this family dynamic? How am I supposed to decide uh, about this job or dealing with my boss or, or dealing with a coworker or an employee? God, how am I supposed to deal with a neighbor who's, who's doing this or that? And let's be honest, there's no one answer for each one of those situations. It'll depend. It'll depend on that person you're talking to and probably your personality and their personality. How are they going to receive what you say? It'll depend on your history. It'll depend on their past experience. It'll, it'll depend on the context that you find yourself in and what you might do with one family member might be different from a different family member just based on who they are. Same thing with an employer or an employee. Same thing with, with friends. I just how am I supposed to determine what to do in each situation? Well, that requires wisdom. And that's what the Lord wants to give us through the book of Proverbs, of helping us really think through some of these real-world situations to find wisdom, practical understanding for navigating life. But this week, we're going to take a turn. For the past three weeks, we've been kind of look in overview fashion of the whole book. These last three weeks, we're going to look at a few very specific topics. We're going to delve into a lot of these very specific Proverbs you find more towards the, the second two-thirds of the book. And we cannot in this series really tackle all of the topics that are mentioned in Proverbs, but we want to look at a few so we can have a good understanding of how do I deal with this book in the future as I continue to read, as I continue to study, and how do I really find biblical wisdom in the book of Proverbs? And so this week, we're going to look at the topic of our speech. If you're reading through Proverbs like I am, I've read it through multiple times in preparation for this series. If you're reading along in our uh, reading uh, guide, we've been, we're, we're through the half of the book now. We're up through 15. We've gotten through almost half of the book of Proverbs. If you're not doing daily readings with us, man, jump on for the last half of the book. We've got reading plans outside, little bookmark you can put in your Bible, or we're reading five Proverbs a week. Uh, but as you, you and I read through this book, you might have noticed that our speech is referenced almost more than any other topic in the book of Proverbs. 
Whether it comes down to uh, what we say, whether it comes to slander, telling lies, being truthful, talking too much, uh, talking to people in authority, uh, just how to diffuse situations. Uh, there's so many different ways that our speech is mentioned in the book of Proverbs. And, and that's probably important and necessary uh, because we talk a lot, do we not? We do. We spend most of our lives talking. We are a talking people. We talk a ton. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, no, Adam, you talk a ton, all right? That's your thing, all right? And every week we come here and you talk a lot. And if anybody knows me off the platform, I still talk a lot, right? I talk very fast. I got a lot of words, okay? I probably put more words a minute out than the average person. I get that. But we collectively still talk a ton, we communicate. Think about all the people that you talk to. Think about all the people you interact with, if not verbally, then through text, then online, through posting. I mean, we're always talking over Zoom. Listen, there's so many different ways we interact with one another on a daily basis. I don't know if we really take into account the impact of our words. And the first thing that Proverbs is going to teach us, and we can't tackle all the topics when it comes to our speech, but, but the thing that we can absolutely learn from the book of Proverbs is that our words have incredible impact. Whether you like it or not, your words have incredible impact. And if that is the case, then we really need to think about our words. We need to think about how we talk, what we say, how we communicate, because if our words land heavy with people, either positively or negatively, if they can do something good or bad, okay, we need to take that into account when we're talking. So if our speech has impact, how then should we speak? But before we even get there, let's actually look at that question for a second. Proverbs is the kind of book that gives you these really small little proverbs where they're packed with meaning. They force you to stop and think, okay, what is he really saying and why? So let's do that real quick. Should we actually think about the impact of our words? Should we even try that? Is that even an important endeavor for us? Should we think about the impact of our words? Because there's a lot of people in our culture who would actually say no. They say, Adam, it doesn't matter how your words land. The most important thing is that you express yourself. The most important thing is that you be you. Don't let anybody stifle you. Don't let anybody tell you you can or can't say this or that. Don't worry about that. Doesn't matter if it bothers them. Doesn't matter if it offends them. You must express yourself. You must do that. Our culture values expression over impact. They don't care. They say, no, you just say what you want to say. Now, they'll get a little bit hypocritical depending on what you're trying to defend. A lot of us at the end of the day will say, everybody who agrees with me ought to be able to say whatever they want. And if you don't agree with me, you should stop talking, right? We get a little bit hypocritical in how we play it out. But as far as our values, what the culture will tell you is, don't think about the impact of your words. Just be true. Just say whatever comes to your heart. Just say, you've got to be yourself. Self-expression trumps everything. And guys, that is terribly unwise. The book of Proverbs knows that we talk a lot. It knows that our words have impact. And so our word, the book of Proverbs is going to tell us something different. I say, no, because our words are so powerful, we absolutely must take into account their impact. If you want to be wise, then we must be wise in our speech. So let's look at Proverbs twelve eighteen. Hopefully you're there in your scriptures. Heads up and fair warning today, we're going to be looking at a lot of different Proverbs, so you might want to take some notes, uh, because if you want to find all of these, I'm going to be moving pretty fast. Uh, so heads up. But Proverbs 12, 18, hopefully you're right there in your scriptures. And notice what it says here. It says, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, 
But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Let's read that again. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. All right, this is, a, this is a powerful picture. He says, listen, if you have rash words, if you don't think about your words, if you just run off at the mouth, if you just say whatever, no check on your mouth at all, you're like somebody who's just walking around swinging a sword everywhere. I mean, just wherever you go, just swinging wide a sword. Listen, that would be unbelievably dangerous, would it not? If somebody's just walking around swinging a sword, I mean, look, you can kill somebody. If not kill them, you're going to hurt them. You're going to wound them. You could debilitate them for life. If you're just running around with a, a sword, just swinging it everywhere. I know we got a bunch of golfers in the room. Uh, what if you decide you like golf so much, you, just come, you decide you want to bring your club. You bought a new club. You love that club, right? And you just bring it to church. And as you're walking in, you're just like, hey, guys. And you're just swinging around, right? You're just swinging a golf club. Woo, look at this thing. It's great. I doubt you would be very popular during the greeting time, right? People ain't going to come up and shake your hand. Why? They don't want to get clocked in the head by you swinging a golf club around. That would be incredibly unwise, dangerous, rash. Okay, well, that's what we're like when you just say whatever you want. You don't think about the impact of your words. You don't think about how it's going to impact people. You just throw them around. Okay, well, that's what we're like if we're not thinking about our words. And they have more power than you give them credit for. Look, I know we got our kids in the room. Hi, kids. Glad you guys are here. Uh, I don't know if this is still a thing, but I heard this growing up. You guys tell me whether you still hear this. But my, my parents used to tell me this. They would say, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt me. All right, that's what my parents, how many, I mean, how many of us, like my age, how many of you have heard that growing up? Anybody? Okay, kids, how many of y'all are still here? On the, has your mom's dad said that? Anybody? Like, I know your arms are trying to, okay, got a couple, yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, I, this is one of those times when you learn as a little kid that sometimes your parents don't actually know everything. Because my parents told me, they would say, hey, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt me. And then I went to first grade. And that was not true, Right? They go, well, that kid said things and it did hurt. That was terrible. I didn't like that at all. And they didn't hit me with a stick or a stone, but man, that was terrible. I don't like that. We ought to amend that. Sticks and stones can break your bones, but words can absolutely destroy your life. That's more accurate because they do. We're almost never hit with a stick or a stone, but man, we get hit with words all the time. Our words are incredibly impactful. They can hurt, they can wound, they can tear down, they can destroy people. And if you don't recognize that, you're like a guy walking around with a sword, just swinging it, and you're wounding people and you don't even know it. But look at the flip side. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Your words are powerful, not just in a negative way. They can also be powerful in a positive way. Your words can build up. Your words can bind up. They can encourage. They can help. They can heal. Think about the times where people have spoken to you, powerful, life-giving words. Think about when you hear the words, I love you. I mean, just think about hearing those words from a parent or your child or your spouse or someone you deeply respect. Or someone who says, I respect you from somebody you've been trying to earn their respect for so long. I mean, that, that means something. I was thinking this week about how many times people have given me advice in my life that was pivotal. 
Even just think about that word, pivotal. It pivoted my life. I mean, their words were so wise and so helpful for me. I mean, it, it moved me. I went on a different track, but because of the words that they, they shared with me, their words were powerful. They were so helpful to me. I'm so thankful for those words. Your words have the power to hurt, but they also have the power to heal. They can help in incredible ways. You must understand the power of our words. Now, look, don't take that too far. It's not like they're magic, okay? It's not like, this is not voodoo, all right? Oh, you can put a curse on people. It's not that, right? It's not like you can just speak. But, but also, don't go the other way and go, man, my words don't matter. Nothing I say matters. They're just words. That's silly. That's foolish. That's rash. Your words have incredible power. Let's look at a few more of these uh, and see what it says. Look at this in Psalm 15, verse 4. It says, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Now, I know that word gentle, uh, that, that might not sound strong uh, or anything like that. Don't, don't think, there's a couple of ways you could translate this word. Um, healthy would be another way of translating that word, okay? A healthy tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. I think for some of us, we just assume that if our speech is a little bit coarse, a little bit dirty, a little bit perverse, it doesn't really matter. You might say, Adam, listen, that's just the way people talk in the world. That's the way people at my work talk. That's the way people in the world talk. That's what everybody on TV, this is what they say. And it doesn't really matter. We come up with this idea that our words are just neutral. But look at this, perverseness in your tongue breaks the spirit. Your words, my words, they have psychological and spiritual impact. So much so that it can corrupt the people who hear it. When you are using coarse language, perverse language, and you're just kind of letting that fly, listen, that's not just you trying to fit in with other people. That is actually corrupting the people who are hearing your words. And their words can corrupt you. When you are going, okay, yeah, I guess that's just normal. I guess that's fine. Those words are having an impact. I think for some of us, you just, you just give yourself a buy when it comes to your mouth. And say, Adam, if I just got a little bit of a dirty mouth when I get out of here, that's just, that's just the way things are in life. And you have no idea that your words are not neutral. We can't give ourselves a pass when it comes to the way we speak. Well, Adam, that's not me. Well, maybe, maybe not. Just ask yourself the question. Do you talk the same today on Sunday mornings that you do on the worksite? Do you talk the same way today than you do with your friends? Do you talk to me the same way you talk to other people in your life? No. <laughs> you don't, because I watch it happen. I've seen it for my whole life. Like I'm talking to people and they're just being normal. Hey, what do you do for a living? I'm a pastor. Well, hello. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> Y'all think I don't notice, right? Listen, God notices. Here's the thing. If you're like doing something different, you're not recognizing, hey, perverseness in your, in your speech, it breaks the spirit. But look at the top thing. A gentle tongue is a tree of life. That's a reference to Genesis. That's going back to like world-changing, life-giving power. God says, man, your words can help. They can heal. They can encourage. They can make people better. They can help people grow closer to the Lord. They can help people have more life. That's absolutely the power. And when we're talking to one another, don't underestimate that. Here's another one. Here's Proverbs 26, verses 18 and 19. Uh, it says, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I am only joking. Now, 
I don't know if this is true or not, but this may be the most ancient evidence we have of the use of the phrase JK, all right? It's right there, right? This did not start in your middle school. That's literally people back then who were saying something harmful, realizing it was harmful, going, I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. I didn't mean it. I'm just kidding. We are not the first culture to do that. It's been going on for thousands of years, and it was just as dumb then. It made no sense then. Look what he's saying. He says, look, you are like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is a man who deceives his neighbor and says, I'm just kidding. I'm only joking. Look, your, your, your words, when you try to deceive, your words, when you're throwing these, uh, these accusations or these, uh, this slander around, it is as if you were throwing firebrands, arrows, and death. Saying just kidding doesn't fix it. It doesn't make it okay. And we've got to take ownership of that and going, man, I, I was careless. I was rash with my words. I didn't think about the impact that my words can have. All right, and then let's look at one final one. Here's Proverbs 25, 15. It says, with patience, a ruler may be persuaded and a soft tongue will break a bone. All right, in other words, soft, again, uh, you've got to put that one in contrast, all right? You would think uh, that a ruler, if you were gonna move a ruler, this is a, this is a, a king, this is a, a ruler, right? Uh, that person is gonna require you to be strong, to be loud, right? To, to maybe throw a couple threats or two into the mix. Like you're gonna have to intimidate to really push a ruler off of his position. But Solomon, who was a king himself, by the way, and dealt with a lot of kings, he says, listen, with patience, a ruler can be persuaded and a soft tongue can break a bone. Bones were considered one of the hardest things to break in ancient life. And so what he's saying is there, even bones can be broken. A hardened position that someone is standing in can actually be broken, not with threats and violence and intimidation, but with persuasion and with a calm, measured approach. Okay, you can actually, just by your words, break bones. Okay, these are incredibly powerful words. And so if that's the case, then, then how do we think about how we speak? How then do we speak to one another? And again, we, we don't have time to go through all of the different topics that are touched on by this. I want to look at one that really covers multiple today. But I want us to really begin to think through our words. How do we talk and what is the impact of our speech on one another? And we're going to look at that this morning uh, in the concept of keeping a confidence or keeping a secret. What does it look like when it comes to keeping a confidence or keeping a secret? Let me show you two more. Uh, here's Proverbs 20:19 and Proverbs 11:13. Look what it says. It says, "Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler." And here's 11:13. "Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered." That's interesting, isn't it? Now, these two verses are really kind of a case study in Proverbs. Notice this here. Uh, these are two Proverbs that are not next to one another. There's about nine chapters difference between where you find them in the Scriptures. But look how similar they are. The first lines are exactly the same. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. But then the second lines are different. Now, why is that? Well, this is kind of what Proverbs does. It's not saying one of these is right and one of these is wrong. They're both right. It's just saying these are two different situations. 
These are two different permutations of what you might encounter. And so as you read the book of Proverbs, we're now thinking through multiple situations. Again, multiple ways I've got to use wisdom in different circumstances. All right, so in the first, it says, don't associate with a simple babbler. Uh, and in the second one, it says, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Now, let me ask you a question. How does that strike you? That it was somebody who is trustworthy in spirit covers things up. Does that sound weird to you? Because I think in our culture, we actually go, Adam, I don't, I don't know if I like that. I don't, I don't know if I can get on board with that. Because Adam, I, don't, I mean, I don't think cover-ups are, are ever okay. And we've got a problem with cover-ups in our culture, do we not? And Adam, especially in the church, I mean, we've been dealing with this for like 15 years. Yeah, the whole Catholic abuse scandal, right? We've seen stuff in the, in the SBC and other churches where, where these things that, that have happened were, were in some ways covered up. They, they weren't dealt with. And that was wrong. Adam, I don't want to be somebody who covers something up. I want to be somebody who brings things to light. I want to bring, bring somebody who brings everything to light. I don't think we should ever be covering things up, Adam. We ought to be, we be honest about everything, upfront about everything. Everything ought to be open to everybody at all times. I don't know if it's really wise or, or trustworthy to, to keep a thing covered. And when you say it that way, that sounds great. And you go, okay, I guess that sounds right. But what, we, what Proverbs is asking us to do is to think a little deeper. Like, really work that out and ask yourself the question, is it always right to keep things open? Is it always wrong to keep things covered up? And what Proverbs is helping us understand is that actually it's not as simple as that. So let's break it down a little bit. Obviously, there are all kinds of places where you cannot keep a secret and you should not. There are always going to be situations where you cannot keep a secret and you should not. When someone's life is in danger, you do not keep a secret. When somebody's being hurt or harmed or abused, you do not keep a secret. Not only are you legally required to disclose in multiple situations, morally you are required to disclose that and say, I don't want to see people hurt or abused or mistreated. When you see these kind of things happening, you should go and say those things. You should not keep that a secret. If somebody says to you that they're in, in trouble and you do not have it in your power to help them, you do not have it in your own wisdom to help them, then go tell somebody else who can. If you know that you're unable to help, don't keep that with yourself. That person's going to continue to be harmed. You absolutely should go and tell somebody else. You absolutely should go help in that situation. There are going to be situations where you absolutely must bring these things to light. You must say those things out loud. You do not want to see uh, abuse. You do not want to see uh, immorality like that. Man, kept in the dark. Man, you should absolutely bring these things forward. So there are certain cases well, you should not keep things covered up. You should bring them to light, but not all of them. Because sometimes people are going to tell you things and they're going to give you privileged information. What do you do with it? What happens when somebody entrusts you with privileged information? Should you then tell that to everybody? Should you tell it to anybody? What if somebody comes to you and in confidence they tell you about their deepest, darkest fear? They didn't say that amongst a group of 20 people. They just told you privately. And in confidence, do you keep that secret? Or the next time when you're talking to friends, hey guys, you hear so-and-so told me, get this. And then, and then you're blurting that out for everybody. You run to Facebook, you'll never believe what I've heard. Right? And you just, you tell the world, okay, that would be an unwise thing to do. What if somebody tells you about their past trauma or their past failures? 
or issues in their life that they don't really share with everybody else. And they, they obviously don't want that to be public knowledge for every single person that they meet, but they've begun to trust you, and so they tell you. Uh, do you keep that a confidence? Or are you willing to tell anybody and everybody? Do you instantly go home to your wife or husband? you instantly go home to your best friends, and you tell them what you have heard? Okay, that's not very trustworthy. You're not, you're not keeping something covered. Do you know who keeps secrets in this church? Me. Do you know whose secrets I keep? Yours. All y'alls. I got all y'all's secrets. Some of y'all know me. This is my secret pocket, right? I keep them all in here. This is where all the secrets of the church go, right? And you say, what do you mean? Because, well, listen, for the past 10 years, you guys have been coming to my office. And you say, Adam, I need help. And a lot of you have shared with me some deep, dark things in your life. Things that you don't want everybody to hear. We say, Adam, I need help. I'm finally ready to tell somebody, but but I don't want this to be public knowledge. Can you help me? And I hope that you come there with the knowledge that I'm not going to share that unless it breaks one of those rules that we just talked about where I need to disclose. Well, then I'm not actually going to tell anybody that. My wife doesn't know this thing. Somebody else will just go home and tell Allison. She She has no idea. People have done that. I was like, I'm sure Adam told you. She's like, what are you talking about? Because I don't get to do that. I don't get to go home and tell her. I don't get to go and tell anybody about this. Why? Because that would be betraying your confidence. Whether you come talk to me or any of our pastors or ministers, you ought to have the confidence to know that if you're coming and sharing personal stuff, that's not going to get disclosed to the rest of the church. That's not getting disclosed to everybody. Why? Because that would make me untrustworthy, which means you'd never trust me with anything again. You're not coming back to my office. You're not saying a word. You go, how you doing? Fine, good. You'll lie for the rest of time. Because you say, you're not a trustworthy person. Do people consider you a trustworthy person? When they come and share deep, dark, personal, private things and say, I need help, can you keep a confidence? Because a trustworthy person can actually keep things in confidence. But if we don't, we are rash. Okay, well then we are untrustworthy. That is incredibly unwise. All right, so uh, let's talk about some reasons, though, that you might disclose a secret. Why then do we have a trouble with this? How did this end up in Proverbs? How come we have a problem sometimes with keeping things covered? We keep, uh, keep things covered up. What, what, what are the reasons that happens? Well, here we see two reasons why you might share a secret. Number one is that we're careless. You might share a secret because you're careless. Look at the first one. Whoever goes about sl- slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. Last week, we learned that there are a lot of different uh, types of fool. One of them is the simple fool. And the simple fool is gullible, right? They got a good heart, but they're not very bright. They're just not thinking about it. They haven't thought about it at all. And so they get themselves in trouble because they're just not thinking about it. Sometimes we share secrets that we shouldn't because we're simple simple babblers. We're just talking. We didn't think about it. I remember years ago, uh, I was back in my 20s, and I had, a, I had a large group of friends, and there was a girl in our, our friend group, and, and she and I were real close, and uh, she was telling me about something. I think she was talking about her sister. Uh, and I don't even remember what the story she was telling me, but uh, she talked even more than me, if you can believe that, right? Um, and, and so I was just sitting there listening, and I didn't ask for this story, but she decided to give it. And so she's sitting there telling me about her sister, and she goes, no, it's just crazy. I can't believe they're, they're doing this, and she and her boyfriend, I think they're having fights, and they're fighting about this, and he said this, and they, and they said that, and they were doing this, and they don't want these people to know about it, or those people to know about it, and, and it's just getting, it's getting worse. And I, I think she's actually going to do this, and she's not going to tell him, but she, she told me, but she told me not to tell anybody, but. <gasps> and then she just stopped talking, and, and she, there was this crazy moment where 
she realized as she's telling this story, she says, my friend or my sister told me not to tell anybody. And she realized that while she was telling somebody else. Okay, that's a simple babbler. She doesn't have any ill intent. She wasn't trying to hurt her sister. But guess what? The secret's out anyway. Now I know something I shouldn't know. And now I have to make a decision. What do I do with that information? Do I then take it to other people? Sometimes we reveal secrets because we're careless with other people's information. We're careless with their hearts. We're just talking. This is, how, this is gossip, by the way, right? You hear something about somebody else. It has nothing to do with you. And man, that piece of gossip, it sits in your pocket like a wad of cash. I mean, you're just like, man, I got to get rid of this. What am I going to do with this? You can't wait. Get that thing out. I mean, you can't wait to go tell somebody else. Guess what I heard? I, did you hear about this? Guess what they said? You can't wait. Has nothing to do with you. You are a simple babbler. You're careless. But guess what? The impact is just the same. You're going to wound people. You've broken trust. You are not a trustworthy person. You're not wise. Why? Because when somebody entrusts you with things, if we're wise, we got to recognize, hey, that's a gift they give me. I want to be trustworthy with that gift. I want them to know that they can always trust me. All right? And so you don't want to be careless in how you speak. But here's the, here's the flip side of that. Sometimes, though, we share secrets on purpose because we want to hurt somebody. Look at the next one. No, 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 go back if you will. Uh, it says, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Okay, so trustworthy is on one side of the equation. The opposite side is somebody who's revealed secrets, but there's a specific word attached here, slander. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Well, what is slander? Slander is when you and I speak about somebody else with the intent to hurt or, or harm them. Slander is when you and I speak about somebody else with the intent to hurt or to harm them, right? We know that when we say this out loud, it will make me look better and them look worse. It will, it's going to take them down a notch. It's going to hurt them in their social standing. And so you say, well, listen, I, you know, it's just out there, man. I said, it is. It's just the truth. And so, you know, I'm just saying you know, I'm just saying, that's what happened. I said, Adam, I'm not lying about it. I'm just saying, that's, that's what it is. But, but that's the problem. We're not just saying, are we? There's an intent behind it. There's a reason why we said that thing. And our intent was actually to slander. Our intent was actually to hurt somebody. So Adam, I don't know if that's true. Well, let's look at the next one. Go to the next one here. Here's Proverbs 24, verses 28 and 29. This is one of those rare cases where you get a couplet. Uh, notice this. Be not a witness against your neighbor without cause and don't deceive with your lips. Don't say, I will do to him as he has done to me. I will pay the man back for what he has done. That first one is interesting. And if you read it too fast, you'll miss it. Don't be a witness against your neighbor without cause and do not deceive with your lips. Okay, well, it says don't be a witness against your neighbor without cause. Well, if I don't have any cause then I'm just going to be truthful. There's no real issue here. It says, don't deceive with your lips. Oh, so apparently there's a case where somebody is speaking about somebody else. They're trying to, to say bad things about somebody else and they're doing it without cause. Why would they do that? Go to the next slide. It says, do not, do not say, I will do to him as he has done to me. I'll pay him back for what he has done. Oh, there it is. That's why we're talking that way. This is why we slander people. We're going to get back at them. 
This is why we're going to talk bad about other people. I don't like them. This is why I'm going to continue to think the worst of people and, and just say those things out loud, even without thinking about it or understanding what's really going on. Oh, no, I'm just going to lump them in with everybody else. Why am I doing that? Man, I'm going to get back at them for what they have done to me, either perceived or real. I feel like this person, this group, they have hurt me. They have taken from me. I don't like them. And so I'm going to take them down a notch. I'm going to slander this person. I'm going to slander this group. Do you see what's really happening? It's vengeance. It's vengeance. It's not just the words of my mouth. There's something deeper going on in my heart. There's vengeance here. I want justice. I'm going to get back at them. And so whatever they did to me, I'm coming back at you with the same thing. I'm going to fight fire with fire. This is actually what Jesus is trying to get at in the Sermon on the Mount when he said something really shocking. Let's look at this in Matthew chapter 5. And notice what it says here. Um, it says, You have heard it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everybody who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, and whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. Now that is crazy. The people there were probably a lot like us. They said, yeah, we get it. Don't kill people. We got that one, right? We're all good. Adam, no murderers. We're fine. We're all good here. And Jesus says, yeah, I know you know you're not supposed to kill people, uh, but if you basically say you fool to somebody else, you're in danger of the hell of fire. Which, P.S., that is one of the, other, it's one of the places where Jesus shows you he believes in hell, so don't, don't give up on that one. Um, here's also the interesting thing. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus will actually say, if you do this, you're a fool. Furthermore, all the writer of Proverbs does is call people foolish. That's interesting. Does that mean Solomon's in danger of the fire of hell? No. Look at what Jesus is saying. He's saying this is not about the words anymore. This is not just about the word that comes out of your mouth. There's something deeper going on in your heart. I know that you didn't go off and kill somebody, but your heart wanted to. There was a hatred. There was, a, there was an anger there. And that is problematic. That's the deeper issue. And so even though you didn't go off and do this physically, you did do this verbally. Listen, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You probably wouldn't throw a stone. You probably wouldn't go hit someone with a stick. We will absolutely use our words to hurt people. We will absolutely use our words to hurt people. And just because we didn't physically hurt somebody, you can't underestimate that and assume it doesn't matter. Jesus says it does. He gets down to the heart. He gets down to the core. Man, where are those words coming from? Man, they are coming from your heart. And if you do not deal with this, I mean, this is absolutely going not only to kill them, it's going to kill you. You've got to get to the core of the issue. Because look, our words don't simply have impact for us. They have impact for this person you are wounding, but it actually goes a lot farther than that. It begins to affect society as a whole. So check out these next three, uh, and notice what it says here. Uh, three different Proverbs. This is Proverbs 11, 11, 29, 8, and 16, 28. Listen to what they say. By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, and by the mouth of the wicked, it is overthrown. Scoffers set a city aflame, but the wise turn away wrath. A dishonest man spreads strife, but a whisperer separates close friends. Look at this first one. By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is his overthrown. What's the it? A city. 
This is what we, we need to recognize. This is so much bigger than just the fight you're having with a person, your brother or sister, that, that person in your friend group, your neighbor in your neighborhood. This is not just about two people. When you and I leave our speech unchecked, when we allow it to wound one another, it doesn't just affect a couple people, it affects an entire city. It says that an entire city can be overthrown by the wicked. And by what? The mouth of the wicked. Not his weapons, not his armies, just his words. By the words of the wicked, an entire city can be overthrown. Guys, do you know why it's important that we kind of keep a rein on our tongues, on our speech, and especially in our conversations with one another, not only here in church, but whenever we go outside these walls? Because how we talk to everybody affects the entire city. It affects our culture. And when all that begins to break down, when all of that begins to descend down into madness, well, look at the next one. Scoffers set a city aflame. It literally just breaks down society. This is what happens when we don't check our tongues, when we don't check what we say. We just kind of let everything go and we do whatever we want. It hurts us, it hurts our hearers, and it actually hurts everybody around us. Which begs then the question, then what do we do? How do you fix that? Well, step one is to be wise. We read a book like this and we think about it and we go, okay, Adam, I think I've been a little careless. I haven't seen this. Maybe I had to take a pause before I speak. I had to take a pause before I say something. Please take a pause before you post something, right? You ever sent out a text uh, and you just really wish you could get that text back? You ever done that? You ever, you ever send an email out and you really wish you could get that email back? Anybody done that? Anybody? Yeah? All right. Here's the thing. You, you can't get it back. I, I think everybody has worked on the technology. It does not exist, right? You put it out there, it's out there. You'll never get it back. It's like, no, 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 I deleted it. It's not there anymore. It's not there. Everybody screenshotted it and posted it. It's out there. It's on CNN at 7. You're viral. It will be there forever. It will never go away. It is out there. Look, the impact is there whether you want it to or not. We have got to learn to take a pause and say, hey, I need to be a little wise. I don't need to be rash or careless in my speech. I need to check my heart in these things. But the more you do that, you come up with a different problem. You realize you can't change your heart. The problem at the end of the day is not just with our mouth. It's with our heart. Look what Jesus says. This is in Matthew as well. And listen to what he says. Jesus says, you brood of vipers. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. How many of you, after reading that, just want to curl up into a little ball? When you realize that everything you've ever said, you're going to have to be held account for. I'd freak out just like with my Facebook history. I'd freak out just with emails, just with text. Can you imagine every careless word you and I have spoken? We're going to be held to account for that. But here's the worst part. Look what it says. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Where are all those words coming from? They're coming from our hearts. They're coming from the core of who we are, and that's what's got to get changed. That's what needs help, and you and I can't fix that. 
And Jesus knows that. That's why he's saying, listen, this is why you need the fear of the Lord. This is why you can't just fix this on your own. You can't just use this with bare intellect. You can't just do this with bare willpower or just kind of do some life hacks to change a couple things and learn a couple new skills and you'll be fine. It's gotta go deeper than that. Instead of just changing my words, my heart needs to be changed. I need to say, Jesus, I can't change my heart. I can't speak the way you would speak. I can't say what you would want to say until I have your heart living in me. So make me like you. Lord, this is why I want to get on my knees every morning and just submit myself to you and recognize my my heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. I don't fully understand it. I need you to change me to be like you. I want to speak your words, words that help, words that heal, words that bind up and not tear down. Lord, would you change my heart that I would actually want to speak your words. I want to say the things you would say. I need a heart transformation, but you and I cannot do that. We have to rely on Christ to do this in us, which is why we surrender to him.